invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, and we'll be reading verses 3 through 17. By the way, we will have our elder installation um, at the end of our service, well, almost at the end, immediately after the message, and uh, we're excited today to uh, going to be installing three previously ordained, uh, previously serving as elders in our church. That's Buddy Godfrey, Doug Goon, Doug Goon, Doug Coon, and uh, sorry about that, Doug, and uh, Butch Robinson. Doug's a great guy. Let me assure you, he is not a goon, okay? Uh, Doug Coon. All right. Hope that's not a sign of how this message is going to go. Matthew chapter 3, we're going to be reading verses 13 through 17. Would you stand with me if you're physically able in honor and reverence for the reading of God's word? Matthew 3, beginning in verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And then, God, and then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him... I am well pleased. Father, we pray that you would take this passage of your word, this story of Jesus' baptism, and that, Lord, you would teach us something that we need to learn from looking in the same place that we are always supposed to look, that is, at Jesus. May his life and this experience guide us to be more like him and more pleasing to you and, and most of all, closer to you, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I wonder what your goals were for this new year. <laughs> now, notice I said were. <laughs> Some of us have already fallen off that track, if we even bothered. Some of us said, I'm not even trying. I'm not even bothering. I know these New Year's resolutions never work. Others of you said, we're going to do it. And uh, already life has gotten interesting, and you're just not quite following that. And we have a lot of different goals for our lives. Many times they have to do with our, with our health or fitness or weight or things. But other times they have to do with our success in life, sometimes with relationships, other people, though, it's success in business, success in career, success in uh, money-making or abilities. And we have a phrase in our society that describes uh, that goal, and the phrase is upward mobility. We live in a society where everybody wants to be upwardly mobile. I don't want to get stuck in a dead-end job where I've hit a ceiling and I'm not going any further. I want to be moving on up. I want to be going higher and higher. I want to move up that chain, move up the social ladder, move up the ladder of, of leadership and authority and wherever I am. And, and for many people, that is the goal in life, to get more and more influential or powerful or wealthy, however you want to do it. 
And for many, they believe that that is what will bring them satisfaction and happiness and fulfillment. But so often, uh, Jesus, he does here what he does so often, and he just completely turns that inside out. The message today is called Descending into Greatness. Because the message of Jesus and the message of the Bible is not that, that what we need is not an upward mobility, but a downward mobility. That you and I need to descend into greatness. We need to learn how to humble ourselves if we're really going to be where God wants us to be in life. You may have not thought much about the act of Jesus' baptism as an act of humility, but it very much was. It was an act of humility for Jesus because he came, he had already humbled himself, coming down from glory to this earth and living 30 years in obscurity. We know virtually nothing about Jesus' early life. We know about his birth. We know a few months or years, couples of years later, wherever it was when the wise men showed up. We get a bleep, a little, little tick of a, a picture of a story there when he was 12. And then nothing until he's 30. So here the Son of God lives in obscurity until 30 years old. And his public act when he comes out on the scene is to show up where a preacher, a prophet has been preaching about sin and about the need for repentance and to be baptized as a sign of contrition for sins and unworthiness. And Jesus Christ, the one and only perfect Lamb of God, the only perfect human being who's ever lived, he signs, shows up and says, sign me up for this. You see, that's why John said, whoa, wait a second. I don't think John the Baptist was in a habit of arguing with the Messiah. But he said, wait a minute, I need to be baptized by you. I'm the sinful one. I'm the flawed human being. And you're coming to me? How in the world are you doing this? And so it was a great act of humility, a, a continuous act of humility. It wasn't something new for Jesus to come and to be baptized. I want us to see and I want us to think about how humility ends up. If it's really so important... If it's really so key for us to descend into greatness, to humble ourselves, what's the end and result of that? How, how does it work out? How does it end up? Three things I want us to see this morning. Number one, humility lifts others up. When you're humble, you might not be thinking about how that affects others, but that's really what it's all about. One of the best definitions that I ever heard of humility was that humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. So humility is not giving yourself, oh, poor old me, I'm terrible, I'm awful, I'm bad. In other words, humility is more about I'm not going to be absorbed and consumed with myself. <laughs> It's unbelievable, but out there on social media, you know the number of people who their New Year's goal is, I'm going to spend some more time on me. I, I, I need to be really more about myself in 2020. People come out and actually say that. They really do. It's unbelievable. Like, I, I know who you are, famous social media person, and you're already all about you. 
You don't need to get any more all about yourself. How did Jesus lift people up? Number one, when he comes to John and says, baptize me, he's lifting John up. He is acknowledging John is a genuine prophet of God. By associating himself and taking this baptism of John, he is placing a stamp of approval on him, saying, this is a true man of God. He is a prophet. And he's also not only lifting up John, but he was there lifting up every person there and every person here today. And first, in fact, every person who ever lived. Because Jesus Christ, the divine one and only Son of God, made that step to say, yes, I am a human. I am a man. I am a human being. And as Scripture tells us, in Hebrews, that the Son of God was not ashamed to say, these are my brothers and these are my sisters. Jesus was not ashamed to associate with us lowly human beings and say, I'm one of them. His ministry was Emmanuel, God with us. I will come and I will be with them. On the same level, on the same playing field, I will be with them. You know, I heard once upon a time that, that a really humble person, when you're around them, it's not about them talk, degrading or talking about themselves, but if you're really around a humble person, you'll just find yourself enjoying yourself. You'll find yourself interacting. You'll find yourself just really being elevated by their presence because instead of trying to outdo you or one-up you, you know those folks. Every conversation, you can never say something nice you did or somewhere you, oh, I, I went to Gulf Shores. Oh, that's great. I was at the Caymans. You know, but that Gulf Shores is nice. You, you know those folks, no matter what you do, they've got something a little better, a little nicer. But humble people are truly interested in you and excited for you and rejoice with you in your triumphs. They weep with you in your tragedies because they've learned it's not all about them. And Jesus, the one who we sing praise songs and we say, it is all about you, Jesus. He was so humble that he would look and make it about others. People are often puzzled when they look at this answer of, you know, they understand John's reticence, his hesitation to baptize Jesus. And Jesus' answer for why he should let it was, let it be so for all uh, righteousness to be fulfilled. And, and there's all kind of theories about what that means. But the best one, I, I searched a lot of the different commentaries and the scholars, and the best one is simply that in Matthew, righteousness being fulfilled means God's will being done. In other words, Jesus says, you know what, John? It's God's will for you to baptize me. It doesn't matter if some people may look at you and think that's presumptive of you to be baptizing me. It doesn't matter if other people look at me and say, oh, he must be a sinner like all the other sinners because he's being baptized like John. You know, John, we're not worried about what, who or what anyone else thinks. This is God's will for me to be baptized by you. So I'm going to do it. Humbly following God's will. So number one, humility lifts others up. Secondly, I, I want you to see about humility, that humility opens you up. 
we see here that um, through this humble act of obedience to the will of the Father, as he is baptized, one who didn't need washing was washed. And he was baptized, and he comes up out of the water, and immediately, the Bible says, the Spirit of God descends upon him like a dove. Whenever you humble yourself, you open yourself up for God to bless you, to give you things that he wants to give you, and yet he holds off until you reach that point where you have opened yourselves. I love what Paul had to say about humility. He had a lot of things to say, actually. But my favorite passage of, of Paul's concerning this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It was where he was talking about that, um, that thorn in the flesh, you know, in which we have to speculate. We're not sure. But Paul had some problem. He asked God, take it away, take it away, take it away. God said, no, you're going to live with that issue. You're going to learn to deal with that. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, it says this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. And remember, we've taught before that when the Bible uses the word perfect, it's often talking about completion, okay? In other words, my power in your life will never be completely unleashed and released until you admit your weakness. Until you realize how flawed and frail and lowly you are, when you come to that point of humility, then my power in your life to live a life that pleases God. Don't, don't be uh, fooled here. I'm not talking about power to go out and be ungodly and live the world's way. I'm talking about the power of God to be all he wants you to do, living for him. Okay, But that power is not fully unleashed until we humble ourselves. And here's what Paul decided about that. He said, therefore... I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul said that one conversation has totally revolutionized my life and my mentality for trials and struggles. When they come along, instead of having a big pity party, I'm like, oh, bring it. <laughs> Insults, lay them on. Difficulties, come on. Trials, I'm here. I'm up for it. You know why? Because the more I experience, the more I, I acknowledge that I'm not up for this, the more I'm able to say that, God, you are. The more I'm able to humble myself. And I begin to receive what only I can receive through God and his power and his strength. So humility lifts up others. Humility opens you up. And third and finally, humility lines you up with God's plan. Or you could say humility sets you up for success in godly living. You see, Jesus' humility, again, that wasn't just in baptism that wasn't just something that started at the, at the cross and the night before in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, not my will, but yours, God. I mean, it was from the very beginning. Remember when he was 12 years old? He was at the temple 
His parents couldn't find him. And Jesus is like, didn't you know it would be about the Father's business? See, he was always, that was his goal in life, was to be about the Father's business. But Mary and Joseph said, son, you scared us. Get in the caravan and let's go. And the Bible says that Jesus submitted to them. And he was obedient to Joseph and Mary. Jesus' life was one of humility, of following God's plan for his life. And that humility, it blessed others, it opened him up, and it set him up or lined him up to do exactly what God wanted to do with him as the Messiah. Whenever you get, here's the issue. Well, let's read, let, let me read a couple verses and we'll talk about it. James chapter 4 tells us about humility, about how important it is. And in fact, this is just one of many, many, many verses about humility in the Bible. But James chapter 4 says this, verse 6. But he gives us more grace. That's why scripture says God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Then down in verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And and by the way, the verses in the middle are all about submitting, resisting the devil, submitting to God, coming close to God, getting right with the Lord. Humility is where you put yourself in, in line, in place for God to do great things through you. You see, here's the thing. God says, I got a place where I want you to get to so that I can lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. That's Old Testament and that's New Testament over and over and over. He says, get in this place where I can really do something with you. And then I am going to lift you up. You're going to be great in my kingdom. The problem is, so many of us, we're scrambling up this ladder trying to get as high as we can. We keep slipping and falling and not achieving what we think we're going to achieve. And we end up frustrated in this rat race of life because we're going the wrong direction. We're trying to make more of ourselves. We're trying to prop ourselves up. We're trying to, to boast. We're trying to you know, control how people think about us. Look, what well, used to be once upon a time, it was if only a few experts in Washington and Hollywood that knew about spin about how to put a face on something. Now with social media, we're all spin experts. We all put out the images and the pictures of what we want people to see. We create these pictures of who we want people to think we are. And so much of that involves this climbing, 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 and it is a futile effort because there's always someone out there who's better looking, more successful, has more money, Blah, 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 blah. On and on it goes. God says instead of that ridiculous rat race trying to climb to the top, humble yourself because I've got an express train to glory. I've got a place where you are going to be on track for me to lift you up. See, the book of Proverbs says, let another man's lips praise you and not yourself. And the ultimate person that you want to be praised by is God himself. Because if he praises you, nothing else really matters. And God says, I want to praise you. 
God would love for every single son and daughter of his who comes home when he enters into glory. God would love to be able to look at them and say, well done, good and faithful servant. But I'm going to tell you, God won't lie. And so he's not going to say that to everyone. And God is not going to bless everyone in the way he wants to because he says, there is a key to this blessing. It's open. My power is available. I want it to be on you. But you've got to humble yourselves so that I can lift you up. One day, Jesus and his was going along with his apostles, but they were kind of in the back and you ever notice how, like, you take a road trip and you have a front seat conversation and a back seat conversation, right? You can, you kind of have two different conversations going along. If you get in a church van, you got multiple, you know, and you're in the front seat. You're really trying to listen to what's going on back there. And Jesus, kind of like a good youth leader, he was listening for, in the back for his disciples to see what they were doing, make sure they weren't getting in too much trouble. And, of course, they were. There was something brewing. There was something stirring. And, and uh, Jesus says, hey, what you guys talking about? And they all, um, nothing, nothing, Jesus. Uh, you wouldn't be interested. Well, he knew exactly what they were talking about. They were having a conversation, and the topic was, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Yeah, we know Jesus is number one, but I mean, under him, which one of us? Who's going to sit at the right hand? Who's going to sit at the left hand? And Jesus called them all over. He brought up a little child. Lowly, humble little child. And he said, if you can't become like this, you don't get it. He said, whoever wants to be greatest in my kingdom will be the least. Do you want to be the greatest? I don't mean just better than other people. If, hey, if competitive things fuel your fire, great. Think of it that way. But do you want to be the greatest that you can be? Do you want to be the greatest as God designed you to be? Do you want to fulfill all that he has for you? Do you want his power to be unleashed completely in your life? If the answer to that is yes, then listen to the words of John and of Paul and of our Savior himself. And they say, humble yourself so that I can lift you up. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come to you, and Lord, we ask that, um, that God, you'd help us to understand we have no reason to posture. We have no reason to put up facades. God, you see through all of that, and your opinion is the one that really matters. And God, we waste so much time trying to lift ourselves up with our own puny abilities and, and you say God that we need to lower ourselves and let you do it I, I just help I ask God that you help us to see this for what it really is that your way of thinking is is not the American dream with little Jesus tacked on but God that your way is completely different than the world's way Help us to follow you, to follow Jesus by descending into greatness. Lord God, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.